The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Fourteen twenty in the morning, 14 minutes and 20 seconds for the sports talk to get you through your daily commute. Hot takes, recaps, best bets, and a little humor to get your day going in the right direction. Sit back, grab your coffee, and let's get into it. All right, 1420 in the morning for this 20th day of November 2023. Today's show is brought to you by SeatGeek.com, the SeatGeek app. Use promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek.com today to save yourself 20 bucks on your first purchase over there at SeatGeek. Good stocking stuffers or gift ideas for the holiday season coming right up. Uh, remember, we are part of the Belly Up Media Network. Go to BellyUpSports.com for all their great articles and uh, other great podcasts. Just Corner Booth Podcast, Rise of the Occasion. The Captain Luke Stravaganza and uh, the, my guys over at Craft Brood Sports, obviously they're on tomorrow night. Make sure you check out all those guys and other shows that are over there at bellyupsports.com. And thank you from all of us here at 1420 World Headquarters for checking out the uh, 1420 podcast uh, or the 1420 sportsbar.com, the uh, the official uh, website of the 1420 podcast where me and Dave write some articles up there and everything 1420 related is up there for your viewing and listening pleasure. Yet yeah, all the links are there to the, the, the shows and YouTube and everything else. It's on there, uh, so make sure you guys go and check that out. Uh, I heard a rumor today, uh, it's been, been about a week and a half now, that Black Friday is happening this week down in the United States and up here in Canada. It's infiltrated its way up here somehow, even though we don't have a holiday Thanksgiving Thursday and Black Friday specials are up here. I don't understand it, why it's in Canada, but uh, can we please stop it with all the advertising? We know we get it. There's a Black Friday special everywhere. Every website has it. Every, every, uh, everything has it. CBS Sports has it. It's got one from my internet subscriber, my internet scrubber, my internet this, that, and everything else. There's Black Friday specials. We get it. I understand there's a Black Friday special coming. I, I totally understand, but you don't need to advertise as much as you are. We get it. We know what's going to happen. There'll be people lining up. There'll be CBS. There'll be Fox. There'll be NBC. Uh, the local affiliates will all have their cameras at the local Walmart, people stampeding over each other to get the latest uh, Nintendo game or whatever TV or whatever might, might be uh, black Friday. I, I, I get people like saving a buck, but uh, my God, can we please stop with the advertising. There's my rep for the day here at 1420 world headquarters. Anyways, action pack weekend in the world of sports. Once again, a lot going on. I'll touch a little bit on the NFL. A little later on this morning, because me and Dave usually hit that pretty hard. Uh, we're going to form the 1420 Sports Bar podcast later on tonight. Check your local listings when that might be on. But uh, another week, like great week in the world of sports. It all started with the uh, something that nobody here in Canada, I shouldn't say nobody, a good percentage of people didn't get to watch because of local blackout restrictions. That was the uh, the global series, which didn't turn out to be a global series because everybody, everybody can't have access to it. Everybody can't watch it. How is it possibly global? Um, I understand it. I get it. There's money reasons behind it. I understand that you, uh, the NHL wants you to buy the app. They want you to subscribe to all the different things and Sportsnet wants you to get the this, that, and everything else. But I don't understand for one second why a game that, that uh, wasn't, that is a gimmick game going over to Sweden, having games at uh, that time of the day, it could have been something that everybody could have uh, wrapped their heads around, wrapped their their, their eyeballs onto and uh, watch that game a lot more than than you, than you normally would have. The, the, the Ottawa Senators aren't the sexiest uh, team. The Minnesota Wild aren't the 
sexiest team. And to, to have those teams playing over there at, on a Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, uh, Friday afternoon, whatever all the games were, and to not have access to those games, I thought it was quite ridiculous and a, and a, and a bad move by the National Hockey League. They keep saying they want to grow the game, but they only want to grow the game to a certain demographic. They only want to grow the game to people who uh, are willing to, to spend money that they may not have. They, they're willing to spend money on on uh, having every possible TV station you could possibly have. And, uh, you know, I, I heard something the other day that was quite uh, quite uh, smart, one of the smartest things I've ever said. Uh, have, buying a TV is, is cheap. Watching TV is expensive. And you think about what people have to spend on uh, every app they want to watch their games and everything else. It's going to cost a lot of money. And, yeah, it's a privilege to uh, to have certain things. I get it. Not every, everybody should. Uh, it's just uh, the, the world's unfair, I guess, in, in that way of thinking. And not having a chance to watch certain games that are gimmicky, I think, was a, a crappy move by the National Hockey League. If you're, if you're touting this global series, why not have these ones on TV? Lift the blackout restrictions and everything else. Like, I'm not able to go to, like, I, I guess you could say I, I could go to Winnipeg a couple times a year, or I could go to Toronto a couple times a year and everything else, or to Minnesota or, or Detroit and watch a couple of games here and there. And I, I guess I could um, buy the game if need be. But when these games are a special event, like they're going over to Sweden, a different fan base got to watch them at a certain point of day that games aren't normally on, let us watch the darn thing. And if you don't want us to watch it, then just tell us ahead of time. You don't care about the fans itself. All you care about is the almighty dollar. And that's what it looked like to me. This thing stunk to high hell, in my opinion. I know I have a lot of other people talking the same way about this. So if it's global, make it global and, and get kids on a, on a Sunday morning who normally probably wouldn't watch a hockey game because they're they're at home doing whatever else. And then uh, you, have, you have family events. Like the World Junior is a special time of, of year. Uh, it's a little less special than it used to be. But the, the biggest draw for the World Junior back in the, the uh, the 90s and the 80s was where the time of gate and it was holiday season. I understand that, but there was games where everybody was sitting around the TV and watching watching hockey and everything else. And it was yes, it was Team Canada, not the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Ottawa Senators or the Minnesota Wild. I get it, but when you have an opportunity that like the NHL did to have those games on at a certain point of day when no, people normally wouldn't be watching and everybody's home sitting around having a having a bagel or a piece of toast or a, or a bowl of Fruit Loops, whatever it might be for breakfast and not being able to watch those games when you, you know it's on, they talk about it being on, the Global Series, they push it pretty hard all over everywhere and you couldn't watch the darn thing. I, I found it ridiculous that those games were blacked out. I get have it. If you want to black out the other 80 games this season for those teams, go right ahead. But the ones that are played over in a, uh, in a, in a, uh, a European nation, uh, let them let them be, be let let them, let everybody watch, let everybody, everybody be a part of it. It was a ridiculous move by, by the National Hockey League and Sportsnet and TSN because they're all guilty of it. And I understand that there's there's the broadcasting rights people and they want you to buy the app and everything. But but you know what? Let people who don't normally get to watch those games and make it a global thing. And maybe you could have reached out to one kid who's hey, this hockey thing's kind of cool. I heard about it, but I don't get to watch it. Or maybe like he's out playing, doing other things on a on a Wednesday night or a Saturday night or whatever it might be and uh, a young kid might have might have saw something they liked and I, I don't understand why the nhl continues and all sports do we'll get to that in half a second too but i don't understand why the national hockey league does that and every sport does that and don't make it regional make it global like your global series was supposed to be and uh and, and let it go let's get to the uh we'll, we'll not let that one go the next time something gets blacked out and i'll be pissed off about that one too but it's not, not going to go away but maybe somebody at uh, nhl headquarters listen to 1420 sports bar podcasts and uh and get their thoughts on. Actually, like to hear what everybody's thoughts on that. Get back to us on our social media or email us at the fourteen or fourteen twenty sports fourteen twenty sports at gmail.com. Um, 
NHL, like the National Hockey's rolling through. Like the teams that are that are there. I heard something this morning. I was watching uh, the Jeff Merrick show, and it's quite funny that the National Hockey League, uh, the way it is, and American Thanksgiving, we've beaten that down for a while. If you're in a playoff spot by American Thanksgiving, which is Thursday, they usually have a pretty good spot. And it's funny to see how the Edmonton Oilers, uh, when they fired Coach Jay Jay Woodcroft last week, they they, they won three in a row since then, and they lost on to uh, Tampa Bay on Saturday afternoon. Again, they probably should have won and did let them uh, kind of let that one. And, uh, get away from them, and I, I uh, actually said that was going to happen. But the uh, get to that in half a second. But it's it's funny that yeah, they, they fire Woodcroft, and they were seven points out, and they go, okay, we got to make a, a knee jerk reaction, get something done here, and we got to figure a way to get ourselves into a playoff spot and do it. And they won three in a row, they lost the one, and now they're eight points out. So losing a game that you that you're supposed to win after you you start off so bad is is so it's so hazardous to your playoff health in 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 any sport, but especially in hockey where it can get get away from you quick, like it did with the Oilers. And now they're eight points out, and they're they're in Florida, I think, tomorrow night, and then in, into Carolina. It's tonight and, and Wednesday. It doesn't much matter. But you, you have a team right now that's in, in big trouble, and now they're further out of a playoff spot after winning three in a row and firing their coach that they were when they actually fired their coach. And it's scary to think that that's, that's the way it's going to happen throughout the league. And it's uh, almost uh, time to turn out the lights and look at next year for, for the Edmonton Oilers and a lot of those teams that, that were on that playoff bubble because eight points out is, uh, is, isn't the bubble team anymore. You're just a bad hockey team. Uh, bad hockey team, I'm not going to see. They're a bad hockey team. But they've been a really uh, ear irrelevant franchise since they came in the league. And I'm not talking about the Oilers anymore. I'm talking about the Columbus Blue Jackets. They're bloody well awful. They have a they have a terrible record there. They have like three, four wins, four, four wins on the season so far. And uh, the Johnny Goudreau, Johnny Hockey does, experiment has not happened. He's not had a good start to his uh, to his uh, Blue Jackets careers in his second year of the uh, of the uh, the contract he got there when he left Edmonton. He got eight eight at eight and a half, I think it was. And it hasn't worked out for him. He was benched. He was benched a couple of times. He got benched over the weekend against us twice in in the last three games he's been benched but another guy another guy they're spending a lot of money on is Patrick Line I for, former Line a former sniper with the Winnipeg Jets and then he went over to to Columbus because there were things going on he wasn't happy and the Dubois wasn't happy and lots of guys weren't happy I you know sometimes I'm not happy you can't just fucking leave but uh, like I said you can always leave but uh you, you see a guy like Line a, he he was uh benched a couple of times and then it got worse for him last night he got he got actually uh told to go sit in the, in the press box and eat popcorn or hot dogs, whatever it is, and take his his smelly old uh, turtleneck upstairs with him. And uh, your, your services were not not required on, on the uh, on the ice. You might as well go sit in the stands. And I, I, I do um, – I do like that, that that a coach would do that, but boy, oh boy, if you're uh, if you're trying to make a name for yourself, and you're going to make miss the playoffs. And you have your your best guy sitting up in, in the bleachers. Uh, you you got to hope that that the GM's behind you and the ownership's behind you when you make those kind of those kind of uh, those kind of moves. Because before you know it, you uh, you lose by one or two, and you say, well, why wasn't that guy on the ice? He could have scored us a goal. He's we're paying him eight and a half million bucks, but maybe the coach has uh, every everybody's back uh, on him with the. Uh, the GMs back and the and the owners the ownership groups behind them because that's a that's a gutsy move for a rookie coach and it's it's too bad that this guy I can't remember his name but it's too bad he's in a situation that he's in with the Mike Babcock situation where he got dumped into that a couple of days before the season started now you got a you got a bunch of guys who don't care uh, once again 
in in Columbus, and they're they're irrelevant once again. They're going to be admissible playoffs once again. And you just wonder if uh, the Johnny Hockey thing uh, maybe that'll come to a screeching halt right away. Maybe he'll end up back in Calgary, like I kind of uh, hinted at here at fourteen twenty in the morning a few days ago. A uh, couple other things. We'll get to the uh, Willie Nat- Nylander, Nylander and the Leafs. He's got a seventeen game point streak. Uh, probably I think it's like sixth or seventh longest in National Hockey League history. Yeah, he's a he's a third of the way to the Gretzky fifty one in nineteen eighty two or eighty three. Uh, but uh, 17 game point streak, the way the league is played nowadays, it's harder to, it's pretty hard to score goals, not as hard as it was in the, in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. But right now, it's pretty tough to score goals. And for Nylander to be uh, betting on himself, he has his, his contract is up with the Leafs at the end of this season. You wonder what that's going to, going to say when it's all said and done and putting out those kind of points and being the least, the least best player hands down. It isn't even close what he's doing there for Toronto. And he, they made a, a point before the season started that uh, Nylander said, we will not be discussing like this was with the, the management team of the Leafs with Brad Treliving and the Shanna plan and everything else that we will not be, be, voicing our uh, contract demands publicly will not we, it will not go out we will not do it i'm going to play this season we're going to try to win, win a stanley cup or win, win a couple of rounds i guess that's where we're, we're going to go about things that way and it's it's worked out to nylander's uh, favor because he hasn't been he's been asked a little bit but he's basically said like we're not talking about us so don't 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 bother asking and nothing's been leaked by the media um or, or by the leafs to the media so for something to get out and things things to change and and right now with the with the leafs winning hockey i think they won four in a row and Nylander has been the catalyst to that. You, you wonder if that's the way that, to, you know, uh, players and owners have to go about doing that from here on in in contract years. Say, listen, let's not talk about it. Let's go. I bet on myself. We uh, we don't have a contract. I'm going to go out and play as hard as I can. I'm going to score as many points as I can and help this team win as much as I can. And then I'm going to get paid. And Nylander is going to find himself getting paid. And you wonder what kind of contract he's going to get because uh, how much money there isn't in Toronto for next season to pay him. And everybody thought that that, that Nylander contract when he signed the three-year deal, like it was three or four years ago um, for eight and a half, I think it was or seven million. It doesn't much matter when it comes down to it. Well, it does, does for the uh, the cap space, but you wonder what kind of deal he's going to get because he's all, he's all everything as good as, as Mitchie Marner at it to 10 and a half and he's everything as much uh, or better than, than, than Mitch Marner is right now. So you just wonder what kind of contract he's going to get and what kind of money there is. Is he going to take a one-year deal and then wait for Tavares's money to come off the books? You just wonder because Tavares only had, that's crazy to think that that Tavares deal is already done. Uh, so it's kind of interesting to see that that uh, what he's going to get. He's going to take a one-year deal at, at five or six or eight million bucks, whatever, and then have another great year. And then all of a sudden get a, a 13 or 14 million dollar deal because that's what's gonna that's what's starting to look like with these contracts and what these guys are going to get. Um, Nylander's already he's, he's his dad played in the league for a long time, so they're they're financially set beyond belief. Uh, what what's going on with his career? They, they had a lot of money. They're fine, but you always want to get paid and have your own your own legacy and your own bank account and everything else. But you wonder what that deal is going to look like. Uh, finished up the the hockey talk for this morning here at 14:20 in the morning. Uh, the Milan Lucic situation in uh, in Boston. He got he uh, domestic abuse. Domestic. There was a, a situation there in Boston on Friday night. I guess he came home, and reports are that he strangled his wife and uh, threatened her and everything else. And you don't want to get into too deep before we know all the facts and everything else. But he's arrested, being arraigned, I think today or tomorrow on those charges. Uh, you wonder uh, why this has been happening so much around the league over, and it's, it's not just hockey, it's all sports, that this happens on such a consistent basis. And you wonder how, how often this happens without it being reported because there is a, you know, there is a bank account, there is there is money, and there is a, a lifestyle and everything else that comes with having that kind of money. And you wonder if, uh, like, how often this actually happens. I, like, these aren't isolated events. It's not it's not just a sports world. It's in a celebrity world, and it's in rich, it's in rich people's worlds, poor people's worlds. And you just wonder how often this happens. It's 
like it's uh, it's good that this one got reported. I'm not I'm not persecuting Lucic. I'm just stating that the the facts here that you know these things happen so often. They, they come out more and more every every day uh, on athletes and and celebrities because uh, because of the media reporting it right. And you, so you wonder like it happens so often around the world. You, you wonder like the how how it's ever going to end. I understand people's tempers flare and people get a little bit getting a little a little and a lot upset. But it's crazy to think that this uh, this happens so often. And it's it's terrible to think that there's either young kids involved. He's got three kids and it's a family and he t- took a, a leave of absence from the from the um the, the uh, boston bruins for for quite some time and they they really you know they don't they don't really need the guy because he's at a point now where he uh you know he's the 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 bruins still only lost one game but they they went and got Lucic for a playoff run because they they needed that guy to give uh, matthew kachuk a tap in the laces like he didn't get that in the first round last year we talked about it over and over here why, why Lucic was even signed so i thought about it back when they did it I was like she said then you kind of go okay well he's going to just be that guy to to keep uh to keep a guy, a guy like Kachuk on online, and now you, you kind of go, she's maybe that's the last we're ever going to see of uh, Milan Lucic. Uh, yeah, you hope his family's okay. You hope they work things out and everything else. Like I obviously don't know the guy, don't know much about him, but you just hate to see those stories come up in the uh, in the world of uh, professional sports or or anywhere. You hate to like if it was my next door neighbor. I'd hate to to, to hear that kind of stuff happening to anybody. So you just wonder uh, when that's all going to uh, how that's all going to turn out. Uh, my USC Trojans went down with a whimper, losing the 38 to 20 to the crosstown rival UCLA Bruins on Saturday afternoon. I think the, the Trojans, this is not a lie. They ran for one yard uh, up until I think it was the third quarter. They had one yard going. Uh, Caleb Williams had a, a decent game. Great. He had a great uh, season. Not, not he, had a, he had a really good season. Like, he had a great season last year with the Heisman. He had a really good season this year, but the Trojans lost four or five in a row, and this didn't look themselves. Their defense stunk even then when they, they, fired, they fired their defense coordinator a couple weeks back that didn't change a thing throw the game on on sunday on saturday afternoon there uh just you watch you just knew that the trojans weren't going to win that football game just went from bad to worse as the game progressed it's just too bad that a a football uh the college football career for one of the i wouldn't say he's an all-time great didn't win anything so like tim tebow's uh to me is that all-time great quarterback the the heismans the the uh, national championships on and on and all like tebow's a prototypical college guy who didn't do much in the pros but he had a a, one of the greatest college careers of all time so people are saying that williams is one of the best college football players he might be one of the best he's not one of the greatest because he didn't, didn't win anything and it's too bad that that might come to an end. And you, you wonder how Lincoln Riley, how the boosters who gave him the USC Trojan family, how the boosters there gave him how much money over the years. And uh, they said they, they committed to him. He's lost, uh, he's 500 in his last uh, 14 games. That's not very good for a guy you paid a lot of money to, to be your head coach and everything else and recruiting and on and on it goes out there to, in Southern California. So I wonder how that's all going to turn out in the media in the next few weeks. It's going to be interesting how that goes. And uh, we'll get to, we'll call it some baseball here. I want to, we'll, we'll talk about the Hall of Fame guys that were that were um nominated today the guys are gonna be in about we'll do we'll talk about that tomorrow but i was uh, listening like i wrote an article for the 1420sportsbar.com a uh, on friday afternoon i think it was and it's up there at the on the uh, on the website right now i want you guys to go check it out but it was it was a thing about like i understand the oakland days are moving it's a money-driven thing and it was greed by their owner and on and on it goes but you you, you wonder why uh, major league baseball doesn't understand that they, they basically lost a whole generation or two or three um generation to baseball fans because baseball is such a, a regional sport and now you have a an area that they're not going to become these the fan base in in uh, oakland aren't going to become uh, san francisco giants fans they're not going to go across the bay and watch the games that they're so they're not giants fans and they're not going to travel out to um 
out to, to Las Vegas because it gets expensive and everything else. And like they weren't traveling across the city to go watch a bad team. So why are they, they going to jump in their cars or jump on an airplane to go see a bad team? Uh, you, you, you might get some people still watching on TV, but you, you've lost a, a big generation of uh, baseball fans. And baseball is the worst place for that move, I think, um, the way it's all turned out. I, I don't know if it's the was the right move. I don't know what else they would do other than getting a new stadium. And that would have been the, the, the ideal move, was getting the right stadium there in the, the right fit in Oakland. But now you have a, a group of baseball fans who aren't ever going to watch the game of baseball again. Like, not not like black it out completely their lives, but you, they'll be uh, much less diehard, much less intellectual, much, they won't follow it as much. And it's too bad because there's such a, a long history of, I mean, let's, let's, not, let's not sugarcoat it. The, the fan, the, uh, the, uh, Attendance in, in in Oakland's been not just this year or last year. It's been been a long time. Even when when the, the when when they were winning World Series back in the in the eighties and and seventies, they were still getting pretty pretty bad crowds. When it's all said and done, and they they just uh, they just didn't to catch on. The stadium's a dump. And the stadium was run down, so that all added to it. But you just wonder why. Like, couldn't they figure something out to, to keep people interested in baseball? And it goes back to that stadium series, <clears throat> or or it's not stadium series, the uh, the global series. It goes back to that. That why why uh, baseball professional sports really try to um alien they not don't try to they they actually alienate their fan bases throughout the world and not having games available to watch and games available and and try to help the fans that they already have and alienating the fans you have and and then trying to reach out to fans you don't have if you're not a fan of a sport you're not a fan of a sport you're not going to be all of a sudden ingrained like maybe one out of every 30 people might change their mind and say hey this is pretty cool but that's not the way it works like but if you're a sports fan when you're young you're a sports fan when you're old very rarely do you grow into it like it's just one of those things right so you just want one why, why baseball uh, didn't try to figure something out with the Oakland situation, uh, get some outside arbiters and arbitrators and everything else and, and get, get a deal done uh, in downtown Oakland like they, they had talked about. Because baseball's baseball's worse right now and is going to be worse for a long time without the Oakland days being there uh, in Oakland. It's, it's the people of Las Vegas or the, the Las Vegas ownership, the Fisher guy, he's going to, he's going to find out real quick that uh, the grass isn't always greener. It's just different. And it's too bad that they, uh, they, they moved away and to wrap things up. Uh, the great cup was yesterday at Montreal Alouettes, Winnipeg blue bombers. I got the last uh, three quarters of it. Great football game, entertaining, went down to the bitter end. Uh, the Montreal Alouettes came out of nowhere to win the great cup. Fantastic football game. And I'm not the biggest, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The, uh, I'm not the biggest CFL guy, but I, I watched the Great Cup every year, no matter what, without fail. I've been doing it since I was a kid. And once again, it did not disappoint. The CFL puts on a it's a it's a different show. It's a great show. It's a different game. It's a great game. And that 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 league has been on life support for for as long as I can remember. I remember teams in Calgary back in the uh, early 80s were threatening on moving and everything else. And the, the, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, we've had how many incarnations of the Ottawa Rough Riders? Now they're they're the they're then they're the renegades, now they're the red blacks and and uh, you know the different the, the bad feels that they had and it, just on and on that the, the woes happen around the CFL. But every year at great cup time, I get reminded how great this game actually is. And it was an entertaining game and year in, year out. The, the on-field product itself, uh, like the great cup compared to the Super Bowl on, on-field product, uh, more often, uh, defeats the on-field product of the Super Bowl. Yes, Super Bowl's a bigger a bigger event and all on the 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 uh the halftime show and everything else is obviously a much better product. Uh Green Day, I didn't watch. I was we were over at Browns a little bit so the music wasn't they didn't have the volume on for the halftime show, but I, from what everything I've read they really loved the halftime show and it looked like they were having a really good time out there in Hamilton. Uh there was a bit of a an issue the, uh, they had the uh, they didn't have any French Canadian the uh, language signs up around the stadium during the game so that was kind of a, a downer and one of the players 
players from Montreal, from Montreal. Obviously, he was a, a French Canadian character, not character, French Canadian player. Um, he voices his pleasure about that and kind of said this one's for the, all the people of Montreal and French Canadians who play football and everything else. And it was a pretty bad move by the um, by the CFL and by by the organized committee out there in Hamilton. But it's uh, just one of those things that was overlooked because everybody figured that that the um, Toronto Argonauts are going to be there, so the signage probably got ordered and everything else. But it's a uh, maybe it's one of those things. Just just have the it's we're a bilingual country. We have two official languages, so just make sure you have. And so it's a national sport televised on on the French network, RDN and TSN here. So it was a big overlook by the the organizing committee and by TSN, who's a, a big part of all that planning. So a bit of a bit of a bad a black eye for the CFL in that. But uh, once again, the Grey Cup was a fantastic game, and Dave and I will get into that a little bit tonight. Uh, we'll talk about that for sure on the 14th. 20 sports bar in our week 11 NFL review. And then talking about, uh, geez, that's, uh, that New York jet situation is bad. And I, and, and Pitt, Pittsburgh with Kenny Pickett, he, uh, he put up zero points again yesterday, 10 points. They lost 13, 10. If they had any kind of a, a quarterback who could throw a little bit, they probably have a, be, a much better than a six and four record. So it's uh, one of those things that Dave and I'll get into tonight. And we'll have our usual F that team. I didn't swear this early in the morning today, folks, but there it is. Anyways, uh, there's my, my Monday morning, uh, quarterback Monday morning rant about the weekend in sports and with some uh, thoughts and everything else. Make sure you guys go to the 1420sportsbar.com and check out the articles we got going up there and everything 1420 related but first here's a word from our friends over there at SeatGeek Give Santa and his elves a break from the grind this Christmas season and ask for tickets from SeatGeek. SeatGeek has tickets for shows, concerts and sporting events for around the globe and by using promo code 1420POD you will save $20 on tickets Tickets make for great stocking stuffers and gifts so get go to SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app for all of your ticket needs this holiday season and use promo code 1420POD today for your Christmas ticket. There you go, 1420 Christmas time. It's not Black Friday. It's Christmas time here in Canada. We, uh, geez, the weather outside, it ain't frightful at all. It's uh, it's quite a nice day here. It, uh, it's, uh, man, the sunshine, and so am I here on a, on a Monday morning. Let's get to on this days and birthdays and get you guys out of here so you can go enjoy your day and uh, listen to some more 1420 podcasts. There it is. Happy, happy 48th birthday to retired Major League Baseball player J.D. Drew, born on this day in 1975 in Tallahassee, Florida. Drew was drafted three times in the Major League Baseball draft. First by the Giants in the 20th round in 94, second by the Phillies, the second overall in the 97 draft, and lastly by the Giants, fifth overall by the Cardinals in the 98 draft. Drew made his major league debut later that summer on September 8th versus Chicago Cubs, going 0 for 2 at the plate, but would hit his first major league home run in the eighth inning off of Cincinnati Reds pitcher Gabe White, a solo shot in the Cardinals 6-3 loss at Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati. Drew would play 14 years in the big leagues, hitting 242 home runs, 795 RBIs, with a bat- batting average of 278 with stops in St. Louis, Atlanta, the Dodgers, uh, and Boston with the Red Sox, where he appeared in the 2008 All-Star Game, the only one of his career. Actually, that's September 8th, Drew's, uh, J.D. Drew's first game uh, in the big leagues was the, the night that Mark McGuire broke Roger Maris's home run, uh, September 8th, 1998. That was the night, yeah, it was all said and done, and uh, the line shot, and then Drew actually went in for McGuire as a pinch hitter that that next night where he hit his first home run because McGuire, he already had the record and everything else in McGuire's record, 70 home run. Uh, 
70 home run season that broke Maris's record. It still uh, got beat by Barry Bonds. It's, uh, you know, it's one of those things. It's kind of funny that uh, how it all came up, came around the September call up and the whole bit. So uh, happy birthday to uh, JD Drew. And on, on this day in 1977, the Chicago Bears defeated the Minnesota Vikings 10 7 in front of 57,359 people at Soldier Field in Chicago on the heels of a record breaking day by Walter Payton who rushed for what was then a record 275 yards, breaking the previous record of 273 held by Buffalo Bills uh, running back O.J. Simpson. Peyton was suffering from the flu throughout the week leading up to the game and had a temperature of 101 degrees at game time. He also had one reception for six yards in the game. Sweetness, as he was nicknamed, would go on to win the NFL MVP in 1977 after rushing for 1,852 yards, 14 touchdowns, and uh, there were the record of 275 rushing yards stood for 23 years. It was broken by Cincinnati uh, Bengals running back Corey Dalton Dillon's 278 yards game versus Denver in October 2000. And Adrian Peterson currently has a record of 296 when he busts out for 296 yards versus San Diego in 2007. Walter Payton passed away at the age of 46 on November 1st, 1999 uh, by a, a very rare uh, liver disease that happened. And Payton was one of the best, uh, just an all-around great guy and everything else. So Walter Payton on this day, 275-yard rushing day. And it's kind of funny to, like, to not to talk to yeah, well, it's funny. Uh, 275 rushing yards only resulted in one touchdown. Like, it's kind of remarkable. You go up and down the field, and they get one touchdown out of the deal and then win by a field goal, and it's just the way football was back then. Not high-flying, not scoring, a lot of defensive struggles. But to get 275 in a game, there's only been uh, three other games in the history of the game, or two other games in the history of the game that are better than that. So on this day in 1977, uh, Walter Payton with the record. That's it, 14:20 in the morning, like I stated a couple times here. Already uh, today, me and Dave will be uh, catching up tonight to talk about the uh, NFL Week 11, uh, his thoughts and, and on the Great Cups. I know he was watching it from from his place over there. And then, uh, yeah, so that was it. Uh, we got a lot going on in the world of sports, as we always do. And thank you, everybody, for listening to the show or watching the show up on YouTube. Make sure you go up to our YouTube channel and uh, hit that subscribe button. We really appreciate it. If you're watching it on YouTube, just hit that subscribe button because it's right down there on the screen, a little guy waving at you. That's me uh, here, Brent Redlinski, over at 1420 World Headquarters. Anyways, that's it for today. Uh, yeah, there it is. I always remember it. doesn't matter where you are. It's who you're with. Have a great day, folks. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You just listened to the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Four beer of the sports talk and a whole lot more. We are part of the Belly Up Media Network. Let's get into it.